Let's go to Proverbs chapter 16 together. A lot of foolish things are said and done over the course of a year. Would you agree? Who in here is guilty of doing plenty of foolish and regrettable things over this past year? Anybody guilty of a lot of foolishness and a lot of regret over this past year? Every single one of us can fall into that category. And I think that's why God has this assignment for us tonight from Proverbs. Proverbs is a wisdom book. And with all the foolish things we tend to engage in throughout a year's time, I believe he saw fitting to have a start this year in a place of wisdom. So Proverbs chapter 16, and I'm going to read verses 2 and verse 3. says, All the ways of a man are pure in his own eyes, but the Lord weighs the Spirit. Commit your work to the Lord, and your plans will be established. Let's talk for the next few moments from the subject of reflections on resolutions. 2022 has already blasted out of the gates on us. It's the start of a brand new year, and most of us with that see new opportunity, see new change, see new plans, see new dreams. Maybe you call them resolutions. Maybe you call them goals. Maybe you call them ambitions. Whatever it is that you choose to brand them, it doesn't really matter. The fact is we all have things that we desire to achieve with this upcoming New Year. As a matter of fact, I took a little survey and I asked some people to put down their resolutions or goals for this year and to be real about what they share. So I'm going to read off some of these to you just so you can hear some of the goals, some of the ambitions, some of the resolutions of these people in this room that are your peers that took this survey all anonymously. I don't know who wrote down what, but these are their goals, these are their ambitions. These are their desires for an upcoming year. One is to grow in all aspects of my life, spiritually, mentally, physically, to rebuild my life on a firm foundation, which is Christ and Christ alone, to say yes when I'm called, to have success, uh, time management, build up their savings accounts, open their Bible every day, confront the devil's lies with God's truth, run a half marathon. It's ambitious. Replace negative thoughts with scripture, treat my body like a temple, to be more confident and positive of myself, knowing my true worth, to not take the little things in life for granted, to live more in the moment, to have more open conversations about my faith, to become mentally healthy, to study scripture more consistently and lose 20 pounds, to run a half marathon. What in the world is going on like what is wrong with y'all for real? Do y'all enjoy that? Y'all gonna do that for fun? Come on now. You runners. You run a half marathon. Fully put my identity in Christ. Be a more patient and positive person. I would say that most of us have similar things we desire to see over this year in our lives as well, whether it be gym goals, whether it be diet goals, financial goals, spiritual goals, whether it be finding love, reading more, managing time better, all those things are good and well. And listen, there's nothing wrong with any of those things in any way. But tonight I want us all to consider what is our motive and what is our intention in those things. 
What governs our goals? What mentality are they filtered through when we draw them out? And with that being said, I think that's why Jesus wants us to reflect on our resolutions that we have laid out for the year in front of us. Because for those of us who know him as Lord, the reality is that everything that we dream, everything that we desire, all of our ambitions and sought-after achievements should flow through him and seek after his glory. And our lives can indeed be lived in such a way. And these Proverbs, they give us a couple of things that I want to show you that enable us to do that very thing. So if we will take these things that I'm going to show you, just a couple of steps, and if we will layer them over our resolutions, if we will layer them over our goals or our desires for the year, it will enable us to live our lives in such a way so that everything that we do, everything that we pursue, everything that we desire, everything that we achieve to go after and accomplish will be done so with the glory of God and the magnification of Jesus in mind. So if we're going to do that, one thing I want you to do this year, I want you to watch your weight. Your weight. Watch your Wait, go back and look at verse 2, and I'm going to show you what I'm talking about. Solomon, who wrote the book of Proverbs, and I know it's bothering some of you that wait is misspelled. It's intentional. Wait, watch your wait, W-A-Y, watch your wait. Solomon says in verse 2, all the ways of a man are pure in his own eyes. So King Solomon was perhaps the wisest man to ever walk this earth, yet he did plenty of foolish things in his life. And so really there's no one more qualified to write out this proverb than him. Because if anyone could speak to the nature of the ways of man, it was Solomon. As a matter of fact, I'll show you just how competent and qualified he is to write this specific proverb. In Ecclesiastes chapter 2, Solomon's giving an account of his life. And I'm going to start in verse 3 and read down to verse 10. And listen to what this man says. He says, I searched with my heart how to cheer my body with wine. My heart still guiding me with wisdom and how to lay hold on folly till I might see what was good for the children of man to do under heaven during the few days of their life. I made great works. I built houses and planted vineyards for myself. I made myself gardens and parks and planted in them all kinds of fruit trees. I made myself pools from which to water the forest of growing trees. I bought male and female slaves and had slaves who were born in my house. I had also great possessions of herds and flocks, more than any who had been before me in Jerusalem. I also gathered for myself silver and gold, and the treasure of kings and provinces. I got singers, both men and women, and many concubines, the delight of the sons of man. So I became great and surpassed all who were before me in Jerusalem. Also my wisdom remained with me. And whatever my eyes desired, I did not keep from them. I kept my heart from no pleasure, for my heart found pleasure in all my toil, and this was my reward for all my toil. So for Solomon, there was nothing that he hadn't tried. There was nothing that he hadn't attempted. There was nothing that he hadn't allowed himself to indulge in. Business ventures, real estate, entertainment, 
sex, money, farming, drinking, all those things. He participated in each and every activity that his flesh or that his heart desired. He went and he did it and he tried it. And all that, he makes known what is to me one of the scariest realities in all of Scripture, which is the deceitfulness our own hearts can possess. This man just said, in all of this, my heart found pleasure. You know, I think sometimes we put on our church clothes and we try to act like we don't have a flesh. And when we do so, we try to act like we don't really at times like the things of the world. But the problem is we're bad fakers. And the pleasures of the heart can't be hidden for long. And so I love that Solomon is willing to admit this. Because honestly, I'm not trying to make you feel better about the indulgences of your flesh. But it does give me some confidence that a man who walked with God and who led in such a great way can self-admit that he enjoys some things he shouldn't have enjoyed. Listen to what, what he says. He said, my heart found pleasure in all these things. Solomon admits, hey, I enjoyed the money. I enjoyed the fame. I enjoyed the entertainment. I enjoyed the sex. I enjoyed the bottle. Now, ultimately, later on, he would admit that it was all pointless and utterly worthless. And that the only thing of value in this life is to honor God and keep his commands. Now, I need you to hear that on the back side of this. Solomon went and did and tried all these things. Some of you are going out and trying and doing and experiencing all these things. Now, the wisest man who's ever walked the face of this earth did the exact same thing. And the end result that he came to was that it was all utterly worthless and pointless and that the only thing in this life that brings fulfillment and satisfaction is to honor God and follow in his ways. But he went and he did it, and he self-admittedly enjoyed every bit of it. But when we go back to Proverbs... We see the reality of how scary this can be for us even today. So in verse 2, look at it again. He says, all the ways. I'm trying to emphasize something in case you hadn't figured it out just yet. All the ways of a man are pure in his own eyes. Solomon shows us, listen, here comes the scary part. Solomon shows us that our heart has the power to adjust our sight. In the moment, Solomon saw nothing wrong with his actions. In the moment, Solomon saw nothing wrong with his ways. Now listen to me. This is a man of God. This is someone who took over David's mantle and at the beginning of his kingship, went and fell down on his hands and knees before God Almighty and said, God, I need you to impart wisdom to me on how to lead this nation because apart from you, I can't do it. 
we're not talking about some pagan guy out there who's just going about his deal with no regard for the things of God or for the word of God. We're talking about a solid, grounded man of God who sought to honor him in all his ways, yet in the moment, he saw absolutely nothing wrong with his actions or his ways. The greed, the gain, the excessive leisure, the promiscuous sex, the elaborate partying, it was all completely justifiable in his own eyes. Does this not scare the living daylights out of you to know that our hearts can be so full of deceit as to justify these kind of actions that we know stand in complete disregard and disdain for the word of God. Look, at the height of its deceitfulness, our hearts can justify any action as being pure in our own eyes. And yet some of us spent an entire past year doing just that. And I'm not trying to hurt your feelings or make you feel this big or anything like that. But one thing I think your generation needs to be reminded of time and time again is that when we come before a perfect and holy word of God, there is nothing wrong with being shown our failures and shortcomings and mistakes because God does not do so in order to condemn you. He does so in order to correct you. And God corrects those that he loves. So don't listen to all this garbage out there that some of the most well-known popular pastors with the biggest churches in our country who want to have message after message after message be devoid of the words like sin and repentance and confession. Those are not bad, evil words from the mouth of a loving God. They are corrective words that draw you into a deeper relationship with him and a greater appreciation of his love for you and what he did through his son Jesus on the cross for your sake. And some of us over the past year, I feel like I've done the very thing that Solomon did. And we spent all our time trying to justify our ways as being pure. And in case you think, well, maybe that's not me, then can I show you how this manifests itself within our lives most times? A lot of times it'll sound something to the effect of this. Well, you know, it's okay because we love each other. And it's not like, you know, we're the only ones that are doing it. You know, it... it It's not like I would even be, it's not like I would even be looking at that. It's not like I would even be visiting that site if somebody hadn't have shown me unwillingly. So I, I really wouldn't even be here if it wasn't for that one time somebody showed me something I didn't ask to be seen. There's worse things that I can be involved in, right? Deceived by our own hearts. But listen to me. I love you guys to death. 
flesh will never deny flesh an opportunity. Ever. Take it from King Solomon, who said, my flesh saw, my flesh desired, my flesh had. Fortunately, we have the Holy Spirit. And spirit trumps flesh. So if you have found yourself over the past year justifying your heart's deceitful desires as being pure in your own eyes, there's good news. In the same way you can choose to justify, the same way you can choose to rectify and change your path and instead of fulfilling your flesh, follow the Spirit. And in the second half of the verse, Solomon shows us one more important thing to consider when it comes to our ways. So look in the second half of verse 2. He says, the Lord weighs the Spirit. Hey, watch your ways. Watch your weight. Because let me show you something right here. As Solomon points this out, he says, the Lord weighs the Spirit. So listen to me. Your ways carry weight. And God knows how to weigh that out. God knows how to balance that out in the sense that he knows always the intentions, the motives, the ambitions, and the desires behind everything that we do and everything that we pursue. So with this new year, that's why I'm challenging all of us to watch our weight, to watch our ways this year, maybe more so closely than at any other time in your life. To at all times keep a check on the intentions and the ambitions and the desires and the pursuits of your heart to make sure that they are honoring unto God and not indulgent of your flesh. Ephesians 4.1, Paul writes and he says, walk in a manner or walk in a way worthy of the calling that you have received. Make sure that in all that we do as a believer, as a body that God has placed within this community, within this city, and upon this campus. Make sure that all that we do, we do it for the glory of God and our Savior, Jesus Christ. Watch your weight this year. Step two for this year. Commit your cause. Everybody, when they make their resolutions or they draw out their goals and their plans, they do so with the intentions of being successful. They do so with the intentions of accomplishing what they set out to achieve. Yet, I would say that more times than not, we end up on the failure end of that. Most of us make year-long goals, but the problem is it's hard to sustain year-long goals. And so, everybody can relate to everybody in this room tonight, because everybody in this room tonight at some point in time in their life has been a failure. Some of you now are recalling goals that you failed to meet just last year. And you're sitting there wondering if this year is going to be the same. You know, the, I know it's kind of cliche to bring up this example, but there is no greater living example of this than the gym. Every single year, when January comes around and you walk into the gym, those of us that stay committed, when January rolls around, it's the worst month to work out of the entire year 
Because the membership goes from about 15 to about 500, and everybody is on top of everybody. I've never seen so many people all of a sudden get committed in one month to do curls, and they committed to the couch again by February. It shows failure. All of us have experience. All of us have goals that we set that inevitably at times we fall short of throughout the course of the year to gain. And I've got some good news, though, because when it comes to plans, when it comes to desires, when it comes to goals, Solomon lets us in on a little secret to success. So I feel like we got the hard stuff. we got the heavy stuff out of the way. Everybody take a deep breath. Let it out. It's fine. We've all had COVID anyway. So we're good. Which I got to tell y'all, I was kind of concerned about tonight for multiple reasons. One being that I keep having these dizzy spells recurring over and over again since having that mess last week. And so this stool over here in the corner, just so you can know, is on standby in case your boy decides he's going to fall down up here. But we're good so far, so we're going to pray that we make it. We don't have much further to go, so hopefully we'll be good. But here's the encouraging part for tonight. Solomon lets us in on a secret to success. How many of you want to be successful? How many of you have goals? How many of you have ambitions? How many of you have plans, desires for this year? How many of you believe you can achieve those things? That you're going to see them through to the end? I tell you what, let's encourage everybody in the room tonight. Find somebody beside you and nudge them and tell them, you can do it. You can do it. Give them some encouragement. We're only a few short weeks into the month and some of us are already on the edge of failure, but you can do it. We believe in you. So let's look at it. Let's look at Solomon's secret to success. Jump down to verse 3. He says, commit your work to the Lord and your plans will be established. Solomon's secret to success. Commit your cause and your plan will prosper. Now, let's talk about the proper way in which to understand this in the way in which it will actually work. Now, remember what we just saw. God weighs the spirit. He knows the heart. So I could stand up here and say, I want to start a new ministry to reach people who fish. But in order to really effectively do that, Lord, I need a $70,000 bass boat in order to carry out that ministry. Or I could stand here and say, on top of that, God, I've got this new golf ministry to do outreach in. But the only way I can really see that through and be effective in that ministry is if I have a new $1,500 set of clubs to go to the course and play with. Now, I can say all those things, but I promise you that neither the boat nor the clubs are going to show up at my house at any time. Why? Because God weighs the Spirit. He knows my heart. And I can give my lip service all I want to. And I can draw out these plans and these dreams and these ambitions, and I can say that it's for this cause. And that might all sound good coming out of my mouth. That all might look good reading out on paper, but God knows what's here. The $70,000 bass boat is for my enjoyment. And maybe ministry if it shows up along the way. God knows the heart. God weighs the spirit. And what Solomon is getting at is committing your cause 
It's asking, I want to do this or achieve that, but why? And having the why be for the proclamation and the glory of God. And the message of his gospel. Why, why do you think, I kind of wrestled with something over the past couple of weeks leading up to this message. Why do we see such limited power? Why do we see such limited transformation? Why do we see such limited impact coming from the church and from God's people? I think it's because we're giving such limited commitment. And it's funny because, you know, we want to see God do all these big things. We want to quote Ephesians 3.21. He can do exceedingly and abundantly more than we could ever ask or imagine. We want to, we want to go to Jeremiah. We want to put this on our story about how no eye has seen and no ear has heard. and Never has it even entered into the heart of man what God has in store for those who are called according to his purpose. And we want to declare that over a new year. That's going to be my year. I'm going to see God do exceedingly and abundantly more. I'm going to see him do what I can never even ask, think, or imagine. I'm going to see him part the waters. I'm going to see him tear down the walls. I'm going to see him break the chains. And we say all those things. And we want God to maximize ministries while we minimize our participation. We want God to maximize salvations while we minimize our witnessing. We want God to maximize our usefulness while we minimize our availability. And if there's one thing that I'm praying so heavily over for you guys, but for myself, as well this year is that we who are called would relearn what it means to be committed. Committed in whatever it is that we do with the cause, the motivation, the desire to magnify and glorify the matchless, beautiful name of Jesus. With our jobs committed to Christ's glory, with our time committed to Christ's glory, with our resources committed to Christ's glory. So now, if you want to lose 20 pounds, commit that to Christ so you can glorify him with your body. If you want to start a new business, commit it to Christ to glorify him among your consumers. If you want to level up academically, commit it to Christ to glorify him with your mind. The secret to success Solomon is talking about and the wisdom that he is imparting is whatever you do, commit it to the cause of Christ. Then you will be aligned with him and his work will become your work and then your plans will be established. And I'll be honest with you. I'll be honest for a minute. Y'all won't hold it against me. I've been convicted over my commitment lately. It's funny because Christmas break, 
it provides an opportunity for me to break away for a little bit. And during that time is when God began to bring that conviction into my life over my commitment. And just how much I pour in to so many other aspects of my life that are temporal, that really leave no impact, that really have nothing to do whatsoever with the gospel or with reaching those around me. Men and women, we exist on this earth to do nothing more than to proclaim the name of Jesus. And anything that takes our time, anything that takes our energy, anything that takes our resources, that is not dedicated to that very thing, is abusive to the grace that God has given us. And I know it's a heavy thing. Trust me, it sat on my chest for a long time and still is. And I'm not saying that never again will I ever waste time. That never again will I not make a wrong decision. I know those things will take place, but if there's one thing that I would desire to speak into your life the same way in which God has in mind is that to give you an awareness of the issue that would hopefully lead to a passion to change. You have a, you have a limited time in all different seasons of your life. High school was limited. You didn't realize it in the moment, but you see it now. College is limited. You don't see it in the moment, but you will one day. Being a young parent is limited. You don't see it in the moment, but you will one day. Your time on this earth is limited. And people don't ever see it until they're steps away from been over and if there's one thing guys this year God is trying to wake us up to it's that reality that everything that we do and say must be committed to the cause of Jesus Christ and the declaration and the proclamation amongst this city and amongst the nations of his good news of salvation and what he's done for them As we finish up tonight, I want us to look at one more verse. Back in Proverbs. We're going to jump down to verse 9. Solomon, he kind of finishes up this section and concludes this heart connection to God's sovereignty and the action that we have to take in between in verse 9 when he says, The heart of man plans his way, but the Lord establishes his steps. A baby gazelle, after it's born, learns to walk within minutes of leaving its mother's womb. Within the next hour or two, it can run. And it does so out of necessity. Because if it doesn't, then its chances of survival are severely limited. It's not a 
safe thing to be born on the plains of Africa where predators abound. And if there's one thing that we know about predators, it's that they always seek out vulnerability. And so it's important for this gazelle, as soon as it hits the ground, to learn how to walk and then how to run so that if danger does show up, it might have a fighting chance of surviving. It might have a fighting chance of escaping. Now, I know we just started a new year. I know it's brand new. We're only a few weeks in. But listen to me. That's why we need God to establish our steps now. That's why this moment matters. Because if we don't learn to be established now in this new year, danger abounds and the threat is imminent. God's word tells us that your adversary, the devil, stalks around like a roaring lion seeking someone to devour. Do not kid yourself for one minute, men and women. That roaring lion is crouching at the door, waiting for the first opportunity of vulnerability that you give him in this new year. And it will happen that quick. And what you had dreamed of, what you had intended of doing, all the ambitions that you had laid out, the desires that you had laid out in front of you for this new year, will that quickly be devoured by his plan and his schemes. If we as a people don't ask God to establish our steps now, tonight, it's time to establish our ways and commit our causes to Him. Hey, this is Trey Mitchell, college and young adult pastor. I just wanted to say thank you for listening. It's our prayer that God uses these messages in a way that challenge and encourage you to live for His glory. If you've never placed your faith in Jesus as your Savior, we would love to help you with making that decision. Just reach out to us through our webpage at underwoodbaptist.org. Be sure to check back in with us next week as we again encounter God through His Word here at Life.